And you know, that story makes no sense to us at all. They took it on their self that they was going to make the promise of God happen. You do not have to rush the promise of God. But because they did, man, it created a mess. I picture Abraham outside the tent when it came time for Hagar to deliver Ishmael. And you know how that goes, that whole scenario, the first cry. And no doubt, Randy, Abraham built a relationship with Ishmael. I don't understand the whole story, but that boy was somewhere around 14 years old. When Sarah looked at Abraham and said, cast out the bondwoman and her son. She looked out one day and she, she, she saw Ishmael picking on her little Jacob. It's time for her to go. And it's easy for me to tell you to get rid of the things in your life. Because the truth is, we've spent a lot of time with some of the things that we have. We've built relationships with some of our sins and our weaknesses. And Sherry, it's easy to stand up here and preach and say, cast out the bondwoman and her son. It's a different thing altogether to get up that next morning like Abraham did. And he made ready. And he gave her a little bit of provision. And I can't help but believe that he began to walk down the road a little ways to see them off. But as long as he was following Ishmael, the son of promise was behind him. And there came a moment where Abraham stopped. And he said, I can't follow this bondage anymore. And he turned around. And when he turned around, he turned his back on Ishmael, but he turned his face toward the son of promise. Oh, I want to ask you a question. Even when it hurts, is he still worthy? Even when he asks you to do something that hurts, is he still worthy? Man, can I have a few minutes? Would y'all come back? And could we sing worthy of it all just one more time? Even right now, you may be hurting. Things may not be working out for you the way they ought to work out. But could you just stop for just a minute and turn your back on those things and say the son of promise is behind me. The son of promise is behind me. And God, it hurts, it hurts, but you're still worthy. Would you sing you're worthy? God is so good, he's so good, he's so good. Amen. Even when I'm broken, he's worthy. Amen. 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 You can go ahead and be seated. I know you've been standing for a little while. I appreciate our elders because, man, what an inspiration. For some of you young people, when your leg gets tired, just look around. Brother Owens is still standing. Look over here. Brother Frankie's still standing. Brother Eddie's still standing. So I know when you get tired, you say, man, that church stands up too long. Quit you crying. Just look at the older guys and the older ladies. And look at that zeal. Amen. Say, God, give me that kind of zeal. I'm excited to bring to the pulpit tonight, Brother Sam. Amen. Um, I contacted him today on a very short notice, but, man, I'm so glad he was ready. Amen. 
I appreciate his zeal for the Lord. I appreciate the work that he's doing with our youth. Um, man, he, he's awesome to have on your side. I said, hey, ma'am, we need to get a men's fellowship thing together. He texted me back and said, do you want me to handle that? I said, that'd be great. He ran with it. So this weekend is our men's camping trip. Sam put a lot of work into that. And, man, all I had to do was ask. That's awesome. You may not appreciate that. I do. <laughs> man, he really helped us out. We're excited about this weekend. But more exciting than that is the word of God that we're about to hear. Because when God's word is spoken and those promises go forth, he said, it will not return unto me void. You may catch something in this sermon that will propel you into your next destiny. Can you say amen to that? It's important to listen. Amen. How many people is going to help him preach? Amen. Come on, Brother Sam. Thank you, Pastor. Always appreciate the opportunity. Amen. Thank, what a beautiful congregation that we've got here today. I mean, a good crowd on a Wednesday night, right? Shane, I'm sorry I did not get you the scriptures. What a great presence of God we've had in this house, amen? I will never understand why he counts us worthy to let us feel his presence. He's a great God, and he's greatly to be praised, amen? That's going to fall, but it'll be okay. <laughs> He's going to save me, that's fine. <laughs> if you got your Bibles, you can uh, open them with us to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7. I think you'll put it up there on the screen for us. I think I just changed the title of my sermon. So I think we're going to talk tonight about worthy of it all. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm sorry, starting out at verse number 7. By faith Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went, but by faith he sojourned in, a land, in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your people that's gathered in this place. But God, I thank you so much for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for your spirit that's in this house. God, I pray that you would minister to us tonight, challenge us, Lord, help us to leave differently than we came. In the name of Jesus, we ask all that. You may say hello or goodbye to your neighbor, whichever you choose, and be seated. Just say something to somebody. Amen. What a concept. What an idea. What a phrase to look at something outside of ourselves and outside of our own mindset and our own schema and say, you're worthy of it all. However, we choose to look toward a great God. We choose to look to a God who sits on high and sees the things below. We choose to serve a God and to worship a God with everything in us and all that we have to offer. We've talked before about no longer being able to compartmentalize 
what areas of our life that we choose to serve God with and what areas we choose to follow after our own lusts and desires and wants and whims and certainly not after the cares of this world but we've talked in the past about how being a Christian comes with the implication of simply following after Christ and looking and leaning into Him with everything that we've got. Much can be said of faith. It is one of the most centralized topics in the Bible. For it is by grace through faith that we are saved. There is certainly no lack of abundance of books or sermons or series. Or even trinkets dealing with the idea of faith. You can go to Hobby Lobby and you can buy a piece of wall decor for every wall in the house. And you can leave that place with a mug and a t-shirt. That simply just says faith. However, in the day and age in which we live, I wonder, Pastor, if sometimes we put a meaning on the word faith that was never meant to be emphasized. It it seems that the world that we live in would would define faith as simply a blind hope or, or setting back and wanting and hoping for the best in any situation. However, the biblical idea that we get of faith when we read passages dealing with the father of faith and when we read of passages of faithful men and women throughout the scripture that we hold so dear that is not by any stretch of the imagination what we come to terms with yet what we are told we are told of men as he talked of Abraham that would turn his back on the bond woman and on the bondsman and he would follow after the son of promise and he would look for a city and emphasize here with foundations whose builder and maker is God you see when Abram and Lot would find themselves in the wilderness it would be Lot that would choose to pitch himself towards Sodom and Gomorrah and everything good that the world had to offer the the plains looked marvelous to him there was water in those lands there was cities already set up in in the way that Lot would choose to go but Abram however wasn't looking on the outside and wasn't looking at the exterior what appears to what appeals to the eye but Abraham chose to follow after a God whom he could not see but whom he chose to believe That's totally different than just simply hoping for the best. We read of Noah in the first chapter. Noah built an ark in a time where there was no rain. No no need for a boat, but yet his family would wake up every day of their life and have to fashion. Ian, they didn't get a run to, to pretties. And go see Brother Randy and get their fasteners. Uh, they, they, they didn't, Brandon, when it come time to go to get the lumber, they didn't just get a pull up to the warehouse and said, hey man, load me up some tuba sixes. But no, no those, those men and those children in that family, they would look down at their hands in the evenings and see the blisters that were wore on their hands daily by what they were actively doing because their dad had faith. In a time when it made no sense to be building a boat, Noah chose to stand firm upon what he held to be true. 
Noah, Noah chose to be okay with the fact that maybe he was a little bit different. His family was a little bit different than what was going on in, in, in the world around him. But Noah had heard from God that there was a flood coming. And Noah had faith that if God had promised that he would build it, that he would create for him an ark of safety and that his family would come through okay, Noah said, I'll, I'll cling to that plan. And I'll follow stringently after that plan. We, we read that God would tell him how to build it. That God would put a plan to it of, of how to build the ark. We would encounter that again as Moses would be on the mountaintop. And God would give him the dimensions and the, and the specs to build the tabernacle by. That God would always lay out the design and say that to, 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 to accomplish the thing, do it in this way. And... I'm I'm a builder, Jeremy. I, I've been in I've been in construction ever since I've got out of high school, and I built stuff before that. And I'm I'm in construction now. And and I, I'll tell you right now that the 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 most headache jobs that I was ever on, I've told you before, Pastor, had what they called a commissioning firm. And and at the at the end of the job, as things are starting to wrap up, and they start issuing punch lists which is telling you what you have completed or haven't completed and and maybe you've got some stuff that's not quite up to standard so they put out a punch list but this little commissioning agent would come in and the one that my mind always goes to was a little dude from from uh, Pittsburgh and, and this dude was thorough and he would come in and he would find him a table somewhere and he would set up his little laptop and and not only that but he had an iPad that hung around his neck and he would he would link that thing to his to his iPad to his laptop and he would go throughout that whole building taking pictures and making notes and the spec books that I had were so big that you you couldn't even fit them in a backpack and I couldn't pronounce half the words in it anyway but this dude could and he would come and he would sit and he would go in intricate detail through this building making sure that it was built to the form and the fashion that was specified and at, at the end of the day, when the man come on the job, you started really checking yourself and making sure you, you would emphasize to your guys, hey, hey, you know, this is a commission job, so make sure that you do it right. Don't, don't, don't fudge something to the right or to the left, but, but whatever is in the spec or whatever's on the blueprint, do it. Because if not, this guy's going to catch us on it. There's no getting around him. And, and I, I've told you before that... We have a commissioning agent. Jesus Christ would look out at his disciples and he would say, Go out into the world, making disciples and baptizing them. And we, we call that the Great Commission. However, Christians are not only commissioned to go out and to make disciples, but throughout the entire New Testament, and even from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, we're commissioned to live a certain type of lifestyle. We're, we are told in the Bible that, that living just so-so or haphazardly has no business in the kingdom of God. We are told that the difference between flesh and spirit is the same difference in life and death. And, and that's a big deal. That, that's a very stark, drastic difference between living and not so much living. I, I don't know about you, but I would just assume be living as not living living as to, to dead. 
It, the difference in the two, you couldn't get a more stark difference than between life or death. Yet the writer would tell us that the difference between the spiritual and the carnal is the difference between life and death. Biblical faith demands action. Faith doesn't just get to move me emotionally. Faith doesn't, and don't get me wrong, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but faith is a substance, Ian. Faith isn't just a hope or faith isn't just the goosebumps that you get when the praise team is singing right. No, faith goes way deeper than that. Faith is about who you are. Faith is about what type of life that you choose to live. Faith, Brother Tom, is an action that I've got to put to work in my life. I, I don't just, he, he, Jesus loves us, thank God, in spite of how we are. But as pastor teaches us time and time again, he doesn't leave us how we are. Faith demands change. Christianity demands change. Faithfulness. Well, I, I was going to title this message, What to Do with Faith. But, but in, in, in the presence of God, I could just feel the Holy Ghost leaning towards He's worthy of it all. Can, can I tell you tonight that He's worthy of everything that you've got? He's, he's more worthy than me just serving Him with my lips. He's more worthy than me just simply occupying a church pew. But He is worthy of me radically getting down inside of my life and changing from the inside who I am to more mirror in an accurate representation the God that I serve. That's what faith is. It's about being faithful. You see, the... the, the Commissioning agent demanded that we be faithful to the spec book and not err to the left or to the right, but walk on a straight path as it was laid out and planned out for us. Abraham or, or Noah, when he was building the ark, didn't get a cut corners. Noah, when he was building the ark, didn't just get a go about it his own way. As a matter of fact, when it would come time for God to tell him to board the ark, God would speak to Noah in verse or chapter 7 of Genesis and said, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Can I tell you the choices that Noah choose to, chose to make is what got his family onto that ark. Can I, can I tell you that the reason that Noah found grace in the sight of God is because when everybody else was living haphazardly and when everybody else was doing things in the dark and when everybody else was living a double standard, Noah had enough righteousness inside of him to say, I don't need an example in my brother. I don't need an example in my sister. What I need is I need to follow the plan that God has laid out in front of me. And it pleased God when he decided to follow it. And it saved his family. 
Noah chose to make a decision that day and from that day forward that would forever change his generations and not only his but every living person on the planet is here today because a singular man decided to live faithfully for God. We have a chosen people and we have a Messiah because Abram chose to walk away from this world and look for a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. And we could go on and on and on about the faithful men and women we found wrapped up in the tapestry of our Bible. But can I tell you that thousands of years later we're still talking about faithful Abraham and we're still talking about faithful Noah and we're We're still talking about the faithful disciples. And one thing that I would love to clarify is that none of them were perfect. Not a singular one of them were perfect. But when it came time to open the scroll, there was one found worthy. There was one found without sin. Thank God for the Lamb. Thank God for free grace. Thank God for salvation through the only saving name. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for baptism. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that leads and guides me. But can I tell you that Christianity and that faith demands action and it demands change in my life. Your family knows if you're faithful. Men, dads. Your little boys and your little girls know if you're faithful. Your wives know if you're faithful. Wives, your little children know if you're faithful. Your co-workers know if you're faithful. But can I plead with you and tell you that more than anything, that God Almighty who sits on the throne, who knows and sees all things, knows what's done in the dark. And He knows if we're faithful. And if we are, He chooses to bless us. 2 Corinthians tells us that we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the image of the Lord, are changed into that same image from glory to glory. When we fix our eyes upon Him. You see, the good news about faith is 2 Thessalonians tells us that it can grow exceedingly through faithfulness. Faithfulness, consistent faithfulness to God yields results unmatched by any other choice that you'll ever make in life. Holy habits performed consistently and faithfully will bring about change in your life. Can can, can I tell you tonight, can I challenge you tonight and let you know of an assurity that you can choose to make a choice tonight. You can choose to make a decision tonight that can completely alter your generations. You you can walk out of this place. God's here. The Holy Ghost is here. And He doesn't just show up so we can feel the goosebumps and, and sing real pretty. No, He shows up because He is choosing to save that which is lost and he's choosing to reach out and he's beckoning with us and he's begging us to come a little closer come a little closer so he graces us with his presence and in the midst of his presence we've got a choice that we can make and the choice that we can make is do we leave the same way that we came or do we give in and yield to the spirit 
no greater decision you'll ever make in your life than to live for God. And I don't mean just show up to church and occupy a pew. I mean in the daylight you serve Jesus. In the night you serve Jesus. On the mountaintop you serve Jesus. In the valley you serve Jesus. When the doors are closed and nobody else sees, you serve Jesus. In the hidden areas of your life, you serve Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a choice made on the inside that will come to light on the outside, but it first has to start in the heart. It first has... I've seen it, Pastor. You've seen it. You've seen as people try to hide what they're doing. And I've seen people try to hide what they're doing, and I think... What does it matter what I see? Well, what, Pastor, what does it matter what I It doesn't matter what I see, but it matters what God sees. It matters what the Lamb sees. And can I tell you, when John seen him, he said he had seven eyes, which means that he has complete and perfect vision and knows all things. But can I tell you, we can trust in him because it also said that he had seven horns. So his power and his authority is also complete. And also perfect. So I can trust in him. As a mountain climber would trust in their rope. In their climbing ropes. You ever seen them? I ain't going to say what I'm thinking. But you ever seen them people who just. They repel off of some nasty looking stuff. Way, way, way up there. But they have full faith. That when they repel down off of that cliff. That the rope's going to hold them. Can I tell you that it's, it's okay to give in to Jesus? It's alright to give Him full reign over your life because more than any rope system in the world, you can trust in Jesus. I, I've tried, the old timers used to say, I tried God, I tried God, and I found Him to be alright. And I agree with that, but I found Him to be more than alright. I found him to be everything. I found him to be all in all. I found him to be faithful. I found him to be trustworthy. I found him to be loving. I found him to really... You know, he'll set a path before you. You can trust in the process if you're following after him. I'll never forget, I was making a decision one time and a man come to me and kind of challenged me about the decision... But I was okay, Frankie, because I was able to look at him and say, Listen, I've prayed, I've sought God, I've went to my elders, and I've looked in Scripture. And I'm just following after the will of God. And it doesn't matter. You know how much freedom that gives you and how much confidence that gives you when you can say that the path that I'm on right now, it doesn't matter what I encounter because I'm going with Jesus. But because I've got one going before me, but when we go a different way, we do not have one going before us. You can operate even as a Christian. Hear me clearly. Even as a Christian, you can operate and walk outside of, of grace. That there is a way in our heart that seems right to us, but it's not right to God. We can just and I don't know why I'm harping on this, but here I am. We, we can justify ourselves all we want to. But at the end of the day, if God deals with us and deals with us and deals with us to lay things down in our lives and we refuse to, we are standing on dangerous ground. 
And I'm not saying that he's going to forsake you and leave you, but what I'm saying is you're operating outside of the grace of God. And you're operating outside the confines of his shelter and his shield over you. We encounter some crazy things in life because we don't listen. Because we choose to go our own way. And none of this is in my notes. And I don't even know where to go from here. All of the people in the earth blessed through faithful Abraham. Because he made one choice. And then made another choice. And made another choice. And made another choice. Abram looked for a city with foundations. I can't stress to you how important that aspect of it is. Abraham wasn't looking to make foundations. Abraham wasn't looking to go out and carve something out for himself. But he was going and looking for something that God had laid the foundation for. Because if God has laid the foundation for it, then it is a sure foundation that you can build upon. And can I tell you that living purely and righteously before God and holy before God is building upon His plan. And it's building upon His foundation. If we, if we would spend more time worrying about doing what God is blessing, we wouldn't have to worry, Josh, about God blessing what we're doing. I, I wouldn't have to lay up at night, Brother Darren, wondering if God was going to bless what I'm doing if I would spend more time seeking after doing what I know that God has chose to bless. Abraham and Noah knew that God had Noah knew that God had told him that he would bless the ark and that it would be an ark of safety to him and his family if he would build it the certain way so he chose every day to get up and adhere to it and to follow after the plan of God. When those waves started rocking and reeling, if you've ever been on tough water, on harsh water, man, is it uncomfortable. And man, can your mind go, you, you can go from, from feeling all froggy and thinking you're on top of the world when that water starts doing its thing, and, and, and you'll start trembling, I ain't lying. Water, water has a way, it, 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 it is pretty to look at, but man, it can go, it can go from, from a beautiful sight to hell on earth in just a few minutes. But I, I, I just believe, Pastor, that when those waves started rocking and reeling, that Abraham was able, or Noah was able to go back in his mind and say, God, I built it exactly how you said to build it. I, I, I didn't skimp on the fasteners. I didn't use eight pennies where you said to use 16 pennies. I, I, I didn't put drywall screws where you put, said to put wood screws. God, I, I built it exactly. And can I tell you that when life starts rocking and reeling and when the waves of this world start tossing you to and fro, you can lay in bed at night with peace in your mind knowing that you've built your life in the form and the fashion that God has ordained you to build it in. If you choose to walk faithfully with Him, as a matter of fact, in the parable of, of the servants, when it come time to, to speak to the servants, the Lord looked at them and he said, Enter in thy good and faithful servant. It takes faithfulness, church. My brother, let, let me beseech you, brothers. Let me beg, beg my brothers in this place. Let me plead with you to live faithfully to God. Our community needs a picture of what 
faithfulness to God looks like. Our families need a portrait of what faithfulness to God. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you for a picture, Brother Eddie. Thank you to our elders that have lived in such a form and a fashion that it's given us a photo into what living for God should look like. Thank you. My hat's off to you, Eddie. My hat's off to you, Brother Owens. I appreciate the life that you've lived. And you've taught me a thing or two by the way you've condoned yourselves. Character matters. Choices matter. Musicians, you can come on. I'm trying going through notes, but I'm so far gone. To live righteously is to rid yourself of idols. And I could stand here and list things off that could be idols, and I could stand here all night and still not touch on everything that can be an idol. I, I know that, that my, my fishing rods and my tree stand and all that, that can be an idol to me if I'm not careful. I, I know that building things around the house or helping my, my father or my father-in-law on the farm would, could be an idol to me if I, if I would let it become. It, it, there's, there's Wednesdays, Pastor, that there's fence that needs built. Uh, her daddy's got a, a million things to do and, and, and there's a lot Wednesdays and Sundays are another day that, that you could get a lot done and that thing could become an, an idol to me if I'm not very careful men what's an idol in your life ladies what's an idol in your life because I can't live faithfully to God if I'm attempting to serve two masters and I certainly can't live faithfully to God if I'm hiding things in my life. We know that this is a church of decision. Every time we're going to bring you to a place of decision. Pastor, tell, he, he beseeches us. <laughs> bring him to a place of decision. Every time, every time. So tonight I want to bring you to a place of decision. From the oldest to the youngest. I don't care what your life looks like. I don't care where you come from. I want to bring you to a place of decision right now. And I want to let you know that you can make a choice that could alter the future for your family. You can make a decision tonight that will forever change the course of your life and those around you. And you may know, well, what's that choice? What can I make? If you've not met him in the pardon of sin, let me tell you, that first decision is through repentance. And would love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, they would look at Peter on the day of Pentecost when he would preach Jesus to them. Let me, let me run it down for you real quick. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. Jesus Christ and he bore our sin to a cross on Calvary and he died there so we didn't have to and he laid inside a tomb for three days and he got up with the keys to death, hell and the grave and Peter preached this first on the day of Pentecost and they would look at him and say when they were pricked in their heart what must I do how, how, how do I heed to the, to the preaching that's just went forth? Peter would look at him and he would say, repent, every one of you. 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've not partaken in the gospel message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, then we want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. And it'll be the singular best decision that you'll make in your whole life. Now for those who may have already made that decision. But you're struggling with your faithfulness. Can I plead with you? Let us pray for you and make a decision tonight. Leave, don't, why waste another day? Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. Can I tell you that living for God, Brother Eddie, has been the singular best decision that I've ever made in my life. He has, Randy, time would fail me to stand before you tonight and tell you of all the ways that I've seen God move and how grateful I am for Him in my life and in my family. So men, I want to plead with you tonight. If you're struggling with faithfulness, let us pray for you tonight. Make a decision tonight. Would your generations be talking about you in coming years because Grandpa chose to make a decision? Me and Brittany was at a man's house the other day in closing. And when we left, Pastor, we began to talk about how you could see the blessings of God on his family. And it's all because somewhere down the road, Dave, Grandma and Grandpa somewhere decided to live for God. They decided to be faithful with everything that they had. And there's men and women still reaping from those benefits today. You look at those little ones around you. You look at your wife, your husband. If you're single, look to God. Choices matter, church. Faithfulness matters. Enter in thou good and faithful servant. It takes faithfulness to see Jesus. Let me say that again. It takes faithfulness, Doug, to see Jesus. Having and holding faith, keeping faith, is way, 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 way more about who I am and who I choose to be than simply just grabbing on to straws and grasping at at straws trying to believe in something. Faith and faithfulness comes down to the choices that you choose to make. So we're here tonight. And as they sing this song, if you want to make a choice, come up and we'll make it. We'll, we'll help you. We'll pray with you. And it'll be the singular most best decision. That's horrible grammar, I know. That you'll ever choose to make in your life. I promise you that. In Jesus' name.